All right, so we are glad that you are with us today. I want to talk to you this morning. I mean, this we're, we're getting ready, obviously, and Katie said it in March. We're, we're believing. I'm going to hopefully next week announce to you when we're moving to the new location, and, and I am stoked. I mean, I am so pumped about it. And God is doing this. The auditorium is over three times the size of what you're sitting in right now. Isn't that awesome? And we have, we have 200 of these chairs, 200 of these puppies. They look like they're brand new. Good, good girl. Yes. They look like they're brand new, but we've had them for 10 years or more, actually. And we paid cash for those, and we're going to do everything we can do cash. We're just going to we're going to believe God raised the money and, and put it. But again, now think about this. One of the reasons we're doing financial peace is because the kingdom needs people that are following God to be free. Don't you want to be free to give wherever God tells you to give? And the amount he tells you to give, he knows what you have rather than go, you know what, I can't do that. Because Mother Columbia, I have to, you know, we have to pay utilities. But I mean, I owe GMC or I owe this or that. But what if God said, you know, I want you to bless that person. Could you do it? I want to be able to do that. So anyway, think about that. Today, I'm so excited. For the next two weeks, we're going to talk about love. <laughs> yes, yes, love. Because it's February, kind of. But actually, because God put this on my heart, as we're going to the new facility, there's going to be people over there. It's only a mile from here. 374 North Main. It's the old Moose Lodge. Well, it's still the Moose Lodge, but it's going to be the new life center for us. There are going to be people that are going to walk there because, oh, wow, church. I guess I can just walk. And they're going to come there and, and they're going to find Jesus. Come on, somebody. They're going to find Jesus. And we're going to say, yes. So we're going to talk today about love, but not just like what you're thinking. Not like boy, girl, girl, boy, boy, girl, girl, boy. We're not talking about that kind of love. We're talking about something that's even greater, like not even as much as we love God. But God so loved you. And so I want to talk about that this morning. And then next week, we're going to talk about wasted love. And then for five weeks after that, we're going to talk about killing giants. We're going to. We're going to throw my glasses on the floor and we're going to talk about how to face your giants. Every one of us have giants that we're facing, things that are up in front of us, whatever that is. It looks different to other people. To some people might be like, get out of my way. To other people, it's like, that's all I can see. I'm going to show you how to beat the things that are in front of you. And, and so in a couple of weeks, you're even going to get some illustrations. So everybody that comes in two weeks is going to get a bag, like a little pouch. And every week for the next five weeks, you're going to get a stone. You get to put it in that pouch. We're going to kill some giants, and I'm going to pick these up or I will step on them. All right, so today I'm going to talk about the one you love. So if you came today and you're feeling, man, I'm just, ah, i got so much on me, i got all this, ah. I'm praying and I'm believing that when you leave today, you're going to be lighter. You're going to, you're going to be happier. You're going to realize there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope. I've had enough of down, haven't you? I've had enough of stress. I've had enough of crap. <gasps> he said crap. Yes, he did. <laughs> I've had enough of all that stuff that just wants to get on you. That sometimes it's just like, I just, I just, I just, I just. I want to be free. I want to be free to live my life and live it in such a way that I'm secure. You know, Colossians 2.10 says we are complete in him. I want to be complete. If you have your Bible, you know this story. 
They say the Bible is God's love letter to us. It's his roadmap. Everything that we need to know, every question we have and answer is in the book. You're going to recognize this story. John 11, 1 through 6. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. I'm going to show a part, share it with the New King James on one part of it. But it says this, a man named Lazarus, he was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Now notice the way this says, your dear friend. In the New King James, it says this, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Jesus heard about it. He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. He just stayed put. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are the one he loves. Turn to the other person and say, sorry about your luck. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) What did you learn at church? Oh, I don't know. Here's our first thought this morning. Sometimes you just got to mind your mouth, don't you? <laughs> yeah, there's some people in the room who know exactly what I'm talking about. Because life comes at all of us, and that pressure and all that heat and all that, the circumstances sometimes are just like, ah. And life is like that. And sometimes we say, have you ever said things that you wished you could just eat it back again? Open mouth, insert foot. And then there's times that we say what we're really thinking. Open mouth, insert foot. How do you like my hair? You paid for that? We got to mind our mouth. We got to watch what we say. And we got to understand that there's sometimes we say some things we don't mean. Sometimes we say some things we do mean. And really, if we knew all the facts, we probably... The things that we said that we meant, we might not say them the way we said because we didn't know all the facts. Sometimes it's just fun to tell people what you really think, isn't it? Let me tell you. Women just like to work their neck and snap their finger. I still can't do that. Tell you a thing or two. There's a couple things in life that <laughs> that you probably will never be ready for. One is marriage. <laughs> the other are children. If you say you're you're ready, you're probably not. If you say you're not ready, probably are. Because I've been married going on 33 years, and we're still learning. We're still figuring some things out. I mean, I thought at 32 years or whatever, I've got women figured out. I mean, guys in the building today. Don't raise your hand now. I'm out of her reach, okay? So I'm good. I'm good. But we live in a world where everything gets solved in 30 minutes. We were raised on Cosby. You know, 30 minutes, whatever the world is, you know, Bill had it figured out. Or uh, Boy Meets World, 30 minutes Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, all of those things. Everything that was wrong was right in 28, 29 minutes. 
But issues don't always happen that way. Life doesn't always, you don't always have 30 minutes. I get it. Everything that you ever want to know about marriage, obviously, if you get pre-marriage counseling, they'll answer that right there. Not true. Ever hear the book, The Five Love Languages? Gary Chapman wrote that book, Five Love Languages, and that was really popular, and, and people still buy it and read it today. Here, here's what they are. Number one was quality time. Number two, words of affirmation. You know, words that build you up. Words of affirmation. Number three, gifts. Like, you know, gifts. Here. Bought this for you. Gifts. Four, acts of service. And five, touch. Now, that's not the order. I don't know that they're all they're in that order. It's just the five languages. And so this is what he says. You can have a top two or three. You, you might have more than just one. I'll tell you what mine are. Mine are touch, words of affirmation, and touch me again. Any guys in the building today? Like some of you are like, your wife's like, you better not raise your hand. Tell She'll start working her neck and snapping her finger. So the premise of the book is to connect you with your spouse. And then Gary Smalley had a book and it was, and it talked similar, but it was about word pictures. It was about things that maybe, you know, I, I, I don't connect. Like, we're just different. When, when we shop, we're, we're different. I, I just like to shop. Go, go to the store. I know what I want. They don't have it. I'm ready to go home. I don't want to look unless I go to several stores looking for the one thing I want. I don't just want to shop, shop. Unless it's a, a dude store like a Cabela's or something, then, I, then I'm okay. She will just like to shop. She finds good things just shopping. I just want to grab it, bag it, kill it, get it home. Let's put it up, do whatever I got to do. You want to go to the grocery store? Kids loved it when I went to the grocery store. Because Superman, he buys Little Debbie snack cakes and all kinds of stuff. And when mama goes to grocery store, she buys healthy stuff like bean sprouts and stuff. So when they were growing up, they're like, dad's getting groceries. Yay. And she, she'd be telling me, it's always you. Because I mean, I, you know, but, but actually incredible cook. And she would do so much with what we have. I'm digging my way out of that. So. <laughs> but one time I was coming home and I, I all remember this as long she she couldn't communicate. She had tried to communicate with me, and and again just wasn't catching it. And I came home from the office, and she was out. And and again, as we've been married almost thirty three years, she is like the woman, the female Dick Clark. She's like just gets prettier as she gets older. I'm really getting myself out now. I mean, okay. But I remember coming home and I looked out in the backyard and she was out in the garden. And I still remember what she's wearing, which is really unusual because on our first date, she can tell he, you had on this one shirt. Remember, you did this and you did that and you got this to eat. I'm like, I don't even remember. You know, I remember seeing you, but I don't remember what you wore except you were beautiful. Can any guys relate to that? She can tell you, oh, yeah, and you had your collar. You remember you had that one shirt? I don't know. Anyway, I remember this because she connected this. She was out in the garden. She had on a uh, bib overalls and she had on a T-shirt with no sleeves. It was a, a bluish T-shirt with no sleeves. And she had the bib overall straps and it was the shorts with the bib overalls. And she was out in the garden. Her skin was brown. She tans like that. I mean, but she was out there and she was sweating. And she wasn't just hoeing the weeds. 
she was murdering the weeds. I mean, she was just like, she was a samurai or, you know, Lord of the Rings. I am no man. She's just like, ah! <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what is she doing? And she comes in. Now, now I'm telling you the story to help. Plus, it's entertainment, but I'm just telling you to help. I didn't know what she's doing. And so she sees that I'm home and she comes in. And this is what I say. Here is the exchange of words. Are you okay? Here's what she says. Two words. I'm fine. This is code for in the world, things might be some way, but they ain't fine. She's telling me I'm fine, but she ain't fine. Because there's the chill, the freeze, the big, you know, and and she's like, I am fine. And I'm like, okay. Now, you have a choice as a man to talk. Don't. Because anything you say can and will be used against you. And you'd be best to not say anything right now. Okay? But anyway, what she said was, and this is what I'm doing. So here's my mistake. I couldn't, she was trying to tell me. She had told me probably multiple times, but I had just like, yeah. Absolutely. You know, my wife, Adrian. I mean, that's kind of where I was at. Yeah, ooh, yeah. Ooh. You know, so I'm just I'm not catching this. And here's what she said. And this is what I've been doing. She said, how long are you going to do this? I'm like. Do do what? Probably not the best response, but what she said was and this is what I was doing. Every time we'd have a date or make a plan or going to do something and this I'm guilty of this. So she was right in doing this. I would, somebody would come up and I couldn't say no. So they'd come up and say, hey, hey, PB, would you, I, I need you to help me at the house. I need, uh, you know, can we, could you help me, you know, throw some stone down? Could you help me do this? And I just, and I knew we had plans and I'd say, yeah. And I'd go to her and I'd say, hey, we're not going to go out tonight. I got to go help, you know, brother Jimmy throw stones in his drive. And then I would just get ready and I would leave. And so here she'd been waiting all day. She's had the kids and all that, but I'm going to do ministry. Yeah, she hears the women in the back. That's not good. <laughs> I know that story. Dead men walking. You're one of them. <laughs> That's what was going on. So in my mind, you know, and but this is the word picture. She said, when you do that, I'm trying to keep things out of our life and keep our marriage strong. And I feel like I am trying to fight and kill these weeds and you are not helping me. And for the first time, mind blown. <laughs> and I just turned to her and I said, I am so sorry. And I called Brother Jimmy and said, I can't make it, dude. And so then I started protecting my time with her. You got to watch your mouth. You got to mind that. You got to start saying, all right, Lord. What do you need me to do? Because here's the thing. You know what my love language is. I just told you. I don't get to pick what her love language is. You don't get to pick your spouse's love language or your friends or your mom's. or You know what I'm saying? It's God made you on purpose for a purpose. And one of her languages was quality time. And I was dissing that. 
Are you with me? So because of that, it created this chasm. Although we're speaking the same language, we're really not on the same planet and we're not really talking the way we, you know what I mean? So there's this gap. Life can get challenging. So right or wrong, whether you should say it or not say it, mind your mouth. And start realizing there may be something. God, show me an illustration. That picture that she gave me. To this day, 33 years, I can picture her in that garden killing, murdering weeds. I mean, I just like, and I, I, my heart broke because I didn't realize I was doing that. But I was. So let's get back to our story. Mary and Martha are in a heated moment. Their brother Lazarus is dying. And he's close to passing away. And you know they've done everything. I mean, if you've got somebody, especially your brother, he's sick. You've, you've you know, touched his brow. You, you know, does he need anything? Let me make you comfortable. I mean, this should be going away. What's not going away? There's nothing else they can do. So they get this plan. They say this, you know, I tell you, we have an option. And the only one we got left, we need a miracle. We need Jesus. That's what we need. We need Jesus. We need God. We need him to come here. Let's send him a note. He'll come. Everything will be okay. So this is the plan. They write a note. They give it to the Pony Express. Jesus gets the note and he reads it. And they, they think, well, he's just going to come immediately to fix this situation. We just read the word. It said he stayed two more days. Now we're about to discover what the girls really think about God. What they really think when push comes to shove. You see, when the heat is on, that's what happens. And sometimes what you're thinking that you want to say may be very true. You may be killing those weeds and you may and you may need to. But this is what has to happen sometimes, because sometimes you've got to get it out so you can fix it. Say amen to that. Keep in mind this. The Mary and Martha and Lazarus are the closest family that Jesus has their family. The second last week of his life, he spends it with them. They're they're his peeps. Here's our second thought. Don't assume because they think I'm going to give him the note. He's going to read it. He's going to come. Have you ever read the Bible? And then before you even finish the passage, go, yep, I've read that passage. I know what that says. I've done that. And just you just kind of skim through it. But have you ever sometimes you just like, no, I need to read all that. And then something on that page jumps out at you. And you all of a sudden see it differently than you've ever seen it before. That's what's happening when I'm about to share with you. Now, this is what the note. I thought it said, assuming. If I was writing the note, that's probably what I'd say. The one that loves you is sick. Jesus, Lazarus loves you. You know that he's sick. That's not what the note says. First of all, the note says the opposite. The one you love. Is sick. And it's very short. I mean it's just. Short and sweet. It's extremely short. If you had one note to save someone. Someone that was close to you. It's probably not going to be short. My sister's with us today. But if I had to save my sister. Completely hypothetical. (laughs) Save my sister. And I you know. The one that made me drink mustard water. The one that I got spanked for many times, I have no idea why my butt's getting tanned. I'm like, Mom, what'd I do? 
you know what you did. And I'm looking just to see my sister like. (laughs) The one that took the hot dog out of the bun, gave me the bun, shoved the hot dog in her mouth. The one that took my candy bar, bit hers, licked mine and said, do you want it? The one that offered me a quarter to stand up in a rowboat and act like a swan for a bunch of people just to pay me a quarter of which I was stupid enough to do. Would I send a note? What would I say? God, I know you're busy. Sis, I love you. See ya. No, this is what, seriously, what I would say is I'd pull out her resume and say, God, you've got to come. Jesus, you've got to come. This is, this is Kim. This is Kim Milgate. This is my sister. This is the one that she, she's done so much for me. She's been the best secretary I've ever had. Oh God, she's been there for me and my wife and my kids. She's loved us beyond belief. She's lived out loud for her family. She's stood in the gap. God, you've got to come. Her, she prays all the time. She walks in you. God, you've got to come. I would pull that out. I'd put all that down. But the sisters just wrote, the one you love is sick. The end. What Mary and Martha believe is this. What will move God most is his love for Lazarus. His love for Lazarus. Not Lazarus's love for him. I started thinking about my relationship with God. How is it? Is it one-sided? Am I like this, God? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Am I like, God, you're Santa Claus, right? Here's my list. Have you ever seen the movie, What About Bob? Am I like, I need, I need. How is my relationship? What is the focus of the gospel? Man loving God or God loving man? It's God loving man. You know what moves God? What moves him most? God. John 3.16, the scripture Tim Tebow wrote. (laughs) There's people in the back. Tim Tebow wrote John 3.16. Wow. It's in the message Bible. You can get the recipe for Rice Krispie treats in there too if you want. Tim Hawkins says that. All right. (laughs) <laughs> see we've been living this backwards John three sixteen says for God so loved the world and I, I gotta say I'm guilty of this I've like we, we read this as like so so the world loved God but that's not really it that's not how it reads God so loved he didn't just love he so loved a good word for that is he is obsessed you know, for years, this is why this means so much to me now. For years, this is why I would write this to my wife. And I, I do this all the time. And I'll send her stuff and I'll say stuff like this. And this is why I, this is where I got this because the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. I will say not just I love you. I don't say not just I love you. I say I so do love you. And that's where I got this. Because you you got to understand this love. It isn't man. It's God. It's God saying, I so loved the world. 
He's obsessed with the world. And the world equals bad system and bad people. In other words, God was so obsessed with bad people that he loved them in spite of them being bad. Can you wrap your mind around that? I had to wrap my brain around that because in our world we think, well, God just loves us when we behave. No, my friend. He's loved you when you misbehaved. He loved you no matter what. Before you ever knew about him, he loved you. He's loved you when you were a twinkle in grandpappy's eye. He loves you. He's so obsessed with you. And it gets worse. He not only loves you, he says he will love whosoever. Excuse me? Whosoever? You ever give something to somebody and you gave it with strings? I gave a TV to a, I was working in a fitness center and I gave a TV to a guy and the guy, what he had told me was, I, I really need the TV. We don't have a TV. And oh, if I just had the TV, life would be so much better. I don't know. We don't have any money to buy a TV. And I was, I was just going to sell it to make some extra money to use it for something else. You ever been there? Just say, okay, I'm going to do that. And I just, you know, I was just, you ever feel just compassion for someone or almost guilted into giving them something? There's a difference between compassion and guilt, but I just felt like if I don't give him the, the TV, I just I would, I would sit there and go, God, should I give him the TV? You know, and I beat myself up. And, you know, to me, did I have to have the money? Could God be big enough to give me the money somewhere? else? So I I I was the big person and I gave them the TV just to find out the next time they're at the spa. This is what they're saying. Oh, sweet. I got this TV. I sold it and got all this money. I did. This. I'm like. What? So right away, I'm going to mind my mouth because my mouth wants to say, come here, boy. What do you mean? You, you know, wasn't it good enough for you or, or beggars can't be choosers or whatever you want to say. You, you just you just worked me so you could sell it. Can I just say this? If you give something to somebody, give it. Whatever they do with it, it's not yours anymore. Get your brain off of it. If you give them money, I had people not talk to me at Honda because of all stupid things, he didn't have money for a pop, so I bought him a pop, and he didn't, his name was Todd, and, and for weeks he, would, he avoided me like the plague because he didn't have 50 cents to pay me a pop back. I never asked him to pay me back. And he's like, dude, I'll get you, your, I'll get you a pop as soon as I get the extra money. I'm like, I don't want a pop from you. You don't? You see, the world has that kind of system because that's the kind of love they know. But God so loved. He didn't have the world system. The kingdom doesn't work that way. God says it's for whoever, whenever, however, help me today. It's for whosoever will believe in him. I love you, he says. It's something we're not used to here on earth. Now, I grew up before Star Wars. My boys kind of went through the Star Wars thing. I do like Star Wars. I was a Trekkie. I'm going to give you the logical explanation. I loved Captain Kirk and, and Mr. Spock and Bones McCoy and Scotty. Scotty, I need Warp 6. Hey, Captain, can I give you Warp 6? All of that. And then Star Trek got where it was so popular they had groupies. You know what a groupie is? It's just a bunch of people that 
Have you ever been to, even now, if you, you know, a Star Wars movie, the people that dress up like Chewbacca or. They're just groupies. Sometimes it's just for fun. I get it. But these Trekkies at these conventions, they have fake ears and then they want to talk Romulan. Whatever. I was never a groupie, but what they're looking for is they're wanting the stars of Star Trek to give back to them what they're trying to give to them. Does that make sense? I mean, they're, that's what a groupie wants. They're wanting that touch to say, I, you know, I am your biggest fan. And so I need you to recognize because I'm special. Can I tell you, in, in God's eyes, every one of you are special because he's so loved. So this is past that kind of stage. Let's think about how God loves. He watches us while we sleep. He's obsessed with his creation. Have you ever tried to tell God? God, some of these people that you love, they're not going to come over. They're going to stay bad. I didn't really think of that. God, some of these people, they're just bad. And you still love them. And he says, yes. But God, you know they're not going to choose you. They're going to continue to do bad. And he says, I don't change. I still love them. Now, he doesn't like what they do. But he still loves them. Because real love is a choice. But there's no choice. It's not real love. It's forced love. You can go to jail for that. Real love is a choice. So there's our last thought. Remember that God's so loved. You might be saying, Brett, that doesn't make sense. Well, welcome to the party. Everything God does isn't going to make sense to you. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways aren't always our ways. Because we're not, we, we need him. And he loves you, so loves you. God loves bad people. Just a side note, he loves the good ones too. Even if they stay bad, he still loves them. I, I had a hard time. Next week, I'm going to talk about wasted love. And I'm going to help put all this together, put another puzzle piece in with this. But God still loves people that will go to hell. He still loves them. They're going to bust hell wide open and they'll even tell you, boy, I'm telling you what, I'm going to have me a party when I get to hell. I'm going to party with all my friends. Party in hell's canceled due to fire, just so you know. Woo. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> America's funniest videos would have happened right there. You could all want $10,000, but you missed it. What I'm trying to tell you is he still loves them. Whether they choose him or not. In the garden, he put two trees. Boom, boom. Stay away from that one. And people are like, why? Wouldn't it just make more sense? Just put one? Why do you got to put two? Because you got to choose. You see, with real love, there's a choice. And if, and, and when, you know, well, Brad, I'm tempted. Temptation isn't a sin. It's what you do with it. When it comes to you, then, then that's your choice. And that's when it gets tested. 
Thursday, last Thursday, we had Chris Valentine teach a great message. And one of those, and he was just saying, you know, when you get in that valley, how many have ever been, I'm talking to anybody who's walked in the valley a little bit. Your boat's been a little choppy. Things have happened and you're like, ah, okay, we've all been some of that. But what happens in that is when that comes back and you have made the choice to say, God, I need you. You love me. You so loved me. It's more than what this is. I choose you over simple split second pleasure. Come on, somebody. That road will lead you in a bad place. So now we make the choice. And when we make the choice, every time you make the choice, you build integrity. You build that back. You start building. And let me tell you, and the more you build that, the more you're presented with that choice and you do the right thing, the stronger you get, the less attractive that is. Help me. And the more strength you have because God so loves you. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So the more I let God in, you see, John, they said it this way. I must decrease and you must increase. So the more I get of him, the more love he has for me gets in me, the more complete I am. The more things are starting to, I start to understand them. Give your neighbor a high five and say, you still awake? You see, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He created hell, not even for us. He created it for the devil and his demons. It isn't created for us. And he doesn't want you to go. But if you choose to not accept him, it's your choice. He'll love you no matter what you choose. There's people that shake their fist at God. Doesn't change his love for them. He still loves them. His obsession with you still remains. First John 4.10 this is a real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. It tells us what we're talking about today. We didn't make the first move. God was the initiator. He initiated. He's first. These books are about him. You know how the book starts in Genesis? In the beginning, God. Before God, there was God is the beginning. So God started everything. He just started speaking and creating stuff. It means that he began the beginning. Maybe I got some things out of order in the love department. I know this. Fellas, listen to me. I know this. The more I love I give him, the more she loves me. Did you hear that? The more I sell out to him and the more I walk with him, the more things work better this way. That's good. If that's the only nugget you get from this, that's good. This is my conclusion. You know, stats say that 65% re-engage when I say this is my conclusion. So this is my conclusion. <laughs> Just get you all back with me. <laughs> Mary and Martha made it clear that they used the word love in the note. The one you love. You see, that's phileo. That's the love that we, we know of. Phileo is the reciprocating love. In other words, I love you. Sounds like Barney. You love me. <laughs> How many remember the purple dinosaur? Mal took me to a restaurant uh, on Friday called Bibi Bop. 
All I could think about was there's going to be a purple dinosaur jump out here somewhere because B.B. Bop was his sister or something. But anyway, we're used to this kind of love. Now, I do. I've done many weddings. I've never seen a wedding where the father is dragging the bride down the aisle. and She's going, I hate that man. And the groom is going, that's my girl. Never seen that. See, because we're we're used to this kind of love. If you love me, I love you. If you are nice to me, I'm nice to you. That's all phileo love. That's all I'm going to give you what you give me. I love you. You love me. That's what that is. And God is awesome with that, but that's not his love. Because that's conditional. That love is based on reciprocation. That love is based on return of the investment. God has made the investment whether you choose him or not because he so loves you. If I could be Dev, Dave Ramsey, you got to run, run, run. <laughs> Almost see MC Hammer, can't touch you. <laughs> I'm saying. You got to start saying, God, I need you because he so loves you. You know, this is what happens. We live in a sight and sound generation. If you text a friend or family member and they don't respond to you in five minutes, What's up with them? They're mad at me. I just know it. Something's wrong. And we start assuming, and then we don't mind our mouth. we got to remember that God's so loved. Sometimes they might be busy. So the sisters write a note. They think it's phileo. Here's the news flash. God's not going to phileo you. He never has. He never will. His love is exclusively his. That's what he is. He is love. That's God is love. He just is. In other words, he doesn't need anything to exist. He's God. And he's so complete. That's why Colossians says we're complete in him. He's not complete in us. That I mean, if God is perfect, you can't get better than perfect. He doesn't have to come up to the bar. He is the bar. God is agape. And what is that? That's love that does not need any reciprocation whatsoever. It's unconditional. It's relentless. It's persistent. It's aggressive. It won't take no for an answer. It will remain. He agapes everyone that has ever lived. Now, that's hard to almost fathom. I love God's creation. Save the whales. I love whales. Save the dolphins. I love dolphins. I love dogs. I'm not crazy about cats. <laughs> I'm for mountains and oceans, but the, the God of creation made all of that for the one that he agapes. And that's the human being. You love your dog, you love your cat. <laughs> your hamster, your parakeet, whatever. <laughs> what I'm saying is they were created, let me just say, to be an addition to show you how much he so loves you. That's why they mean so much to you, because they help in your life. They, they I, I tell you, you know, animals just because they're not humans, they just they don't care about your day. They just love you. Isn't that true? Think about how much God loves you. 
because you're human. All of this, what he created on this earth, all the good he created because he agapes you. He is beside himself over you. And he will not stop loving you. He can't. How cool is that? How cool is that? We got to tell other people about this love. We got to start showing people how much God loves us. So I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to think with me just for a second. Maybe you've been like me and you started thinking about this. This great love, but I always, I was one-sided on it. I was so one-sided. I didn't even realize it. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, would you pray with me? Maybe you want to accept Jesus for the first time, or it's the 150th time. It's okay. Because you know what? Whether it's 150th or not, he's never changed his love for you. He loves you. He's over the moon over you.